0: Can you imagine if you go home and you tell your wife, you better love me or else? Even if she says I love you, there's no love there. Free will is freedom to choose. And that's what God
1: has given all of us. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois.
0: Today on In Grace, we are answering your Bible questions. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and our series is called Answers. We're using an ancient book to answer your modern questions. Yes, the Bible is alive. The Bible has answers for today. And you heard in our opening quote talking about how you can't demand love. And that goes to the first question that I'm going to be answering today, which is usually asked when people talk about God's sovereignty, and usually they're talking about predestination or election when they're talking about God's sovereignty. And the question I think is a really, really good question. In Exodus, God repeatedly hardened Pharaoh's heart. Did Pharaoh have a choice? And we're going to talk about free will. We're going to talk about predestination and election today to answer you this question and more. We've got other great questions today. Like one says, I have an unsaved person that's asking for prayer. Will God answer the prayers for and of the unsaved? That's a really good question. I, it's one of those things I've never even thought of, but I'm going to answer that question biblically and others like, do we need to keep the Ten Commandments? Good questions. We'll answer those to the best of our ability, but using the Bible. And that's the only way to answer questions. And so I hope that you'll enjoy this today here on In Grace. And then don't forget, we're going on an In Grace Alaska cruise. It's coming up in one month. This July, July 9th, we're going from Whittier to Vancouver on a seven-day journey on the calm, beautiful waters of Alaska. And we're going on a beautiful newer ship. It's called New Amsterdam, the Holland America Line, and we've used them before. We've had wonderful experiences on our In Grace Alaska cruises, and we may have space for you. It'll have to be real last minute, but you can contact us to get a free brochure and see if there's space. 1-800-78-GRACE. 1-800-78-GRACE or go to our website, ingraceradio.com, and click on travel. Question. In Exodus, God repeatedly hardened Pharaoh's heart. Did Pharaoh have a choice? This is a really great question, because the Bible does say that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Here at Quinton Road, we believe, and we're kind of a little fanatical about this we believe that god gives and has given all of us free will there's right in the beginning of the bible in genesis chapter 2 and verses 16 and 17 god commanded that we could have adam and eve could have any tree of the garden except for one they could not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil One tree they were not allowed to eat and they had hundreds and probably thousands of trees that they could eat from. And what does that prove? It proves that God gave us a choice. If you don't give someone a choice, they can't really obey you. They can't really love you. Love is volitional. Love is something that we willingly offer someone can you imagine if you go home and you tell your wife you better love me or else even if she says I love you there's no love there as a matter of fact it's gonna be the opposite of love is probably what you'll receive from her but free will is freedom to choose and that's what God gave our parents Adam and Eve and that's what God has given all of us freedom to choose it's called free will we're very, very positive at Quentin Road that God wants everybody to be saved, that Jesus died for every person. For God so loved the world, John 3 16. He loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever does whosoever include you? Yes. Everybody. Doesn't matter your skin color, your culture, your bank account, anybody could receive this gift because God loves the world. So we know that God is fair. God has given us a free will. But then how do we understand God hardening Pharaoh's heart? Then isn't that mean that God basically condemned Pharaoh to hell and it's God's fault? Here's the key to understanding this. In the verse where it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart is Exodus 9, 12. And this is a truth in Scripture. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, okay? But to to understand this, you have to know the context. This was a little bit later along in the series of plagues that Moses and Aaron had brought before the Pharaoh to get the people released. Before God hardened Pharaoh's heart, Pharaoh hardened his own heart quite a few times, And you can read that in Exodus 8.15 and there's other places where it says Pharaoh hardened his heart. The plague had come as Moses had predicted and Pharaoh said, okay, okay, I'll let him go. And then the plague went away and then Pharaoh hardened his own heart. If you do that enough times, do you know what will happen? Your heart will be so hard, you will not hear the Holy Spirit of God convicting you of your need of a savior. Romans chapter 1 talks about a downward spiral. It first says everyone has creation that proves there is a God. And if anyone wants the truth and wants the light, if they're if they're honestly searching for it, God will make sure you get that truth. But if you reject it enough, here's what happens. You reject it enough, it says, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. We all have an innate knowledge built in that there's a God. Prove that, Pastor Scudder. When someone is about to die, what do they cry out? Oh God, save me. Even the most ardent atheist will cry out, oh God, save me. There's an innate knowledge in all of us that there is a God. But it's the people that, do not like to retain the knowledge of God. They're willfully blocking him in their mind, and they do that over and over and over. What does it say? God gave them up to a reprobate mind. What does that mean? That means God finally says, okay, my spirit of God is trying to convince you of the truth of the gospel, and the fact that you are a sinner, and there's judgment coming. That's the spirit of God's job to the lost, And you've rejected that so many times. You've hardened your heart so many times. Finally, God says, okay, I'm going to allow circumstances that will continue to harden that heart. And I believe that's what happened in Pharaoh's case. This wasn't God condemning him. This was God finally saying, okay, you've denied me enough times. You've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. What is that, by the way? In Mark 3, 28, it talks about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. We call it the unpardonable sin, because it says that whoever does that is in danger, okay? In other words, it's that person that rejects the gospel, that rejects the gospel, that will not hear and and will not understand that they need a Savior and put their faith in Christ. They do that enough times, finally, it's the unpardonable sin. You've rejected the testimony of the Holy Spirit that there is a Savior who wants to save you. And then you're on your own. And I believe that's what happened in Pharaoh's condition. He hardened his own heart enough times that finally God said, okay, I'm going to allow these circumstances that will harden your heart. But Pharaoh still had a choice. Pharaoh didn't have to do this. Pharaoh did it on his own. And then finally God said, okay, enough is enough. This is another question that kind of relates to it. In Second Chronicles thirty-two thirty-one, it says God left Hezekiah to try him and see what was in his heart. But in Hebrews 13, 15, it tells us that God will never leave us or forsake us. So the question is, did God really leave Hezekiah, and would he ever leave us? That's a great question. You all really, really came through on your questions, okay? I'm sure I'm not coming through on the answers, but your questions were awesome. The Bible does say that in Hebrews thirteen five that he will never leave us or forsake us. Isn't that an amazing promise? That's a promise that you can take to the bank. And that, by the way, is a quote from the Old Testament, The Old Testament also has a promise. God gave this promise to Joshua. As Joshua was taking over, he's about to go into conquest, and God was telling Joshua, hey, I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to be with you. So we have this promise of God that he's never going to leave us, but then we read in 2 Chronicles uh, 32-31 that God left him. Jesus himself said, I will be with you always in Matthew twenty-eight twenty. I will be with you always, another great promise of God. So how is it in 2 Chronicles that it says God left him? Well, Hezekiah was a rare king in Israel. He was rare in that he was good. Israel didn't have a lot of good kings. He was one of the good ones. His son was probably one of the worst ones. Well, Hezekiah had a blind spot. He was a very good man. He usually would give glory to God. But here's what happened. Hezekiah had just defeated the most powerful nation on the planet, the Assyrians. And Hezekiah was very wealthy. And Hezekiah was starting to feel very good about his ability, his guiding Israel into battle, his defeating Assyria, his wealth. And you know what? When you start to think that you're great, it's called pride. And when you have pride, what's going to happen? You're going to fall. You're going to fall. So he had this problem with pride. He was starting to get all uh, puffed up on what his successes were, that he stopped relying on God and giving God the glory and God the credit. So we find here it says, okay, God left him. Now, does that mean that God left him? Okay, you're on your own, buddy. I'm out of here. No, I think this means God, God's hand left him. God's blessing left him. We have a little go-kart at home and and Willow will sit on my lap and I drive the go-kart. She's too little, she can't reach the pedal. I bought the go-kart, I put gas in the go-kart. I pulled the string about a thousand times to start the go-kart. My foot can reach the pedal, her foot can't reach the pedal. And we're driving along in the go-kart and she says, get off. (laughs) Okay, I get off, there she is. What's she going to do? She can't reach the gas pedal. The only thing she can do is hang on. She's kind of steering with me and I'm driving. My foot's on the gas pedal. I think that's what's happening here with Hezekiah. Hezekiah, God's foot was on the gas pedal and Hezekiah was like, hey, I got this. I'm fine. I don't need you anymore. And God said, okay. Taking my foot off the gas pedal. I'm taking my hand of blessing off you. Why is that dangerous? Because that can happen today. If you start to think you're great, guess what's going to happen? God's hand can be coming off of you, hand of blessing. And by the way, if you think that's not possible in your life, it's possible in everybody's life. We all have to guard against that. Pride is really the root of every sin we find in the Bible, especially the first sin in the Bible. Pride. We need God. We need his ability. By the way, I would never just leave Willow. I'm going to be right there making sure she somehow doesn't crawl up and mash the gas pedal with her hand. Because if you mash the gas pedal with your hand, how are you going to steer? You know, it's going to be horrible. I'm going to stand there. I'm going to make sure nothing bad happens. I think that's God's promise to never leave you or forsake you. But if you think you got it and you wanted him to get out of your way, he will. You might not even say that, but when you start thinking you're great, that's what you're really saying to God. Don't do that. Charles Spurgeon told his church, he said... Be not proud of race, face, place, or grace. And I think that's wise advice.
1: When you think of Alaska, perhaps you dream of seeing glaciers, whales, bear, and being surrounded by beauty while sailing the smooth green waters. Now is your opportunity to go to Alaska within grace for a luxury seven-day cruise. Pastor Jim Scudder and his wife Karen invite you on a seven-day InGrace creation cruise this July. InGrace is joined by Bruce Malone, a renowned author and creation speaker who will share the evidence for creation as we view God's beauty all around us. Don't miss this exciting opportunity to enjoy a time of spiritual refreshment and encouragement as you fellowship with other believers. Call now, 800-78-GRACE. Register online, ingraceradio.com. Or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness the magnificent land of Alaska. That's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. Question.
0: I have unsaved people that have asked for prayer. Will God answer the prayer for and of the unsaved? Of course we know God will answer the prayer for the unsaved, but will God answer the prayer of the unsaved? I looked up in the Bible and I found a couple examples where God answered the prayer of the unsaved. Nineveh, the people of Nineveh, were asking for God not to destroy them. Ahab asked for God not to go through with the punishment that he deserved. God answered those prayers. God will answer any prayer that's according to his will. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14, it says, if anything is asked according to his will, God will hear us. Prayer is prayer a very important part of all of our lives, and should be, if a lost person says, I'll pray for you, I'll take it. I'll take prayer from anybody. And I think we should pray hard for the lost people. How do I know God will hear a lost person's prayer? Because if a lost person asks to be saved, they're gonna hear that prayer, right? So the key is not if you're saved or lost, will God hear my prayer? The key is that God will hear and answer the prayer if it's in his will. And uh, we should continue to pray hard for the lost to be saved. Question, do we need to keep the Ten Commandments? Okay, and I'm assuming that person is not asking, do we need to keep the Ten Commandments to be saved? Because if the Ten Commandments were necessary for us to be saved, we're all lost. You say, I've never committed adultery, I've never murdered, you know. Have you coveted? Have you lied? Yeah, we all, have you ever taken anything? Yeah, and if you've broken one law, you've broken them all. The law can't save you. Jesus kept them all perfectly. Does that mean the law is bad? No, it's still good. We should know what the law of God is. These are important truths, but you can't keep the law. The law is our schoolmaster. Galatians 3.24. The law is our schoolmaster. The truant officer. You're skipping school. The truant officer says, no, you get back in school. The law is there to say, look, you're a mess. You've broken the law. You can't save yourself. It says the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. So the law is what shows us our sin and leads us to accepting by faith the gospel through Jesus. And it says in verse 25 of Galatians 3, But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So I think the Ten Commandments are good if we want to have them in our home or whatever. And Jesus reiterated all the commandments. The only one he didn't reiterate is the keep the Sabbath holy because the day of worship changed from the last day of the week to the first day of the week because of the resurrection of Jesus. Okay, But he did talk about all of them. He kept the law perfectly because we couldn't. Therefore, our faith in him is how we keep the law. And the Bible says in Galatians 5.14 that the law is fulfilled in one word. What one word will fulfill the law? How can you keep the law? The one word is love. Okay? The law is fulfilled in one word. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If you love your neighbor, you're not gonna take your neighbor's wife. If you love your neighbor, you're not gonna take your neighbor's things. You wanna keep the law? Love God. Love Jesus. And then through the Spirit of God, you'll find yourself keeping the law without even trying to keep the law. Love is the key to keeping the Ten Commandments. Question, what does the verse mean about working out your own salvation if salvation is free? And that's the one we're going to end with today. Philippians 2.12 does tell us, it says that you need to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean? Well, we know because of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 that salvation is not by works. For by grace you saved through faith It is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So working won't save us. So then what does it mean in Philippians chapter 2 where we need to work out our own salvation? My wife's uncles are farmers in central and southern Illinois. Somebody said they're the largest landowners in the state of Illinois. They have thousands and thousands of acres, all these brothers. That's why my mother-in-law's, you know, that's why we love her so much, because she's got all these rich brothers. The problem is the rich brothers don't give her anything. But anyways, they all have these huge farms. They all have these huge tractors. And you know what they do every spring and every fall? And that's, by the way, the only time farmers ever work. (laughs) Plowing and harvest. I tell them that, and they say, yeah, pastors only work on Sunday. I said, (laughs) touche. What do they do? They go out in the fields, and they work the fields. They work the fields. Now, we have salvation. We have it through faith. We believe in Jesus Christ as our only way to heaven. We have eternal life. We have it right now. We covered those verses. We have it now. Eternal life. So what does it mean to work out our own salvation? I think it just means plow the field. Harvest the crops. You have eternal life now serve the Lord. Be faithful. Do what God is asking you to do. Do the work, not for salvation, but because of salvation. You have it. You've got the farm. Now get out there and do something with it. Produce. I think that's a really easy way to understand that verse, working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We have something wonderful that God has given us called eternal life, salvation. We shouldn't squander that away and say, you know what, I'm saved. Now I'm just gonna sit back and relax and do whatever I wanna do until heaven. Why is that wrong? You're still gonna go to heaven because it's not by what you do. It's by what Jesus did and your faith in him. But you're wasting time and you're not gonna have the rewards that you might've had in heaven. There might be some people that could have heard the gospel and they're not gonna hear the gospel. And they would be in that eternal lake of fire. Man, it's important. It's important that we serve God. But don't ever confuse Salvation, by thinking you have to work for it because it's free. It's a gift of God. It's something that we could not possibly ever pay for. We have sinned. All of us have sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. We cannot pay for this ourselves. That's why we would be condemned to hell. But God so loved the world. Jesus had no sin. He was made sin for us. We are separated by sin from God. He created us. We sin by our free choice. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus had no sin. He died on a cross, the Son of God, so that we might have the righteousness of God in him. So when you receive the payment he made for you on the cross, you have eternal life. You have it. You're on your way to heaven. You don't have to fear death. Sure, I don't want to die, but I don't have to fear death because I've put my faith in him. And when you'll do that, anyone listening to my voice right now, whether you're in the room or watching us or listening to us, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you pass from death to life. You have eternal life. You're born again. You can't become unborn. You can still sin after you've put your faith in Christ. But he will never leave you or forsake you. He will be with you always, even unto the end of the world. Aren't you glad the Lord will never leave you if you have received him by faith? And you do that one time. Whenever it is in your life when you say, I'm a sinner and I can't save myself, but at this very moment, I am put my trust in Jesus. 100%. I trust in him, not my works, not my religion or my attempts at being good, because I can never be good enough. I put my full trust in Jesus who died for me, the Son of God, on a cross and rose again. I believe in Him. The Bible says when you do that, you are saved right now and forever. And we would love to answer any questions you have on that. Call us. During business hours, 1-800-78-GRACE. After hours, leave us a voicemail, 1-800-78-GRACE. Or go anytime to our website, ingraceradio.com. And while you're there on the website or when you call us, ask for a free brochure on our trip to Alaska. It's coming up in about one month from today. A seven-day cruise that will show you the most beautiful place on the planet just about. I love Alaska, especially a cruise, because the waters are generally calm, the beauty is on both sides, and of course, we won't even talk about how amazing the food is, <laughs> but we're going to have a room for our in Grace friends every night, where I'll be able to minister, my wife Karen will be there, and... I'm bringing a creation scientist. Bruce Malone is his name. Wonderful man. His wife, Robin, will be there. And he'll explain all the things that you just saw. It's like a a Christian creation naturalist with us on our cruise. So to see if there's still space available, call us at 1-800-78-GRACE or go to our website ingraceradio.com. Click on Travel.
1: InGrace is excited to announce a seven-day creation cruise to the magnificent land of Alaska this July. Jim Scudder Jr. and his wife Karen are joined by Bruce Malone, a renowned author and creation speaker who will share the evidence for creation as you see God's beauty all around you. Don't miss this time of spiritual refreshment. Call now, 800-78-GRACE. Register online, ingraceradio.com or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois. just call us 800 78 Grace or go online ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on Ingrace Radio.